the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He points Ezekiel ahead, and not ahead to when Ezra and Nehemiah go back after the captivity. He points him ahead to the kingdom age. And I think this is so important for us. The Bible looks ahead. The Bible looks ahead. The Bible points us to the future. Not backwards, but ahead, and ahead to eternity. To eternity. The Bible points us to eternity and fixes us on eternity. Keep looking forward. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you that the Bible is always pointing to what lies ahead. God desires for you to look forward to the coming kingdom. Pastor Dan explains that the Lord's return is near. No one knows the day or hour of His return, but it is coming. That is something to celebrate and to look forward to. You will have eternity with the Lord. Keep looking ahead to eternity with Him. And keep sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 40 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. In Ezekiel tonight, we actually begin the final section of the book of Ezekiel. In these final chapters, beginning in chapter 40 all the way to chapter 48, deal with the Messianic kingdom. And they look ahead to the Messianic kingdom. Uh, These chapters are the most important chapters in the book of Ezekiel. and, And they form kind of this climax or this crowning reality of the book of Ezekiel and of his prophecy, Uh, and the reason why they're so important is because they describe the the final restoration of the nation of of Israel. And so now look at verse 1 of chapter 40. Ezekiel writes, in the 25th year of our captivity, note that he's marking time by the number of years they've been in captivity, at the beginning of the year, On the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year after the city, Jerusalem, was captured, on the very same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he took me there. He took me to Jerusalem. Now, remember, at this point, Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed. And we're told here it's been 14 years since the city was captured and and destroyed by the Babylonians. The temple was destroyed by the Babylonians And if you remember from earlier studies in Ezekiel, this was something that the Jewish people thought would never happen. They never thought they would see the day when their capital city, Jerusalem, was destroyed or that their temple would be destroyed. It was unthinkable to them. God would never allow that in their minds. 
but it was destroyed. It was destroyed by the Babylonians. And the Jews were now living in Babylon as, as slaves. And so at this point, uh, the Jewish people that are in Babylon, they were, they were disillusioned by what happened to their nation. They were disillusioned by what happened to their temple. They felt hopeless. They felt abandoned by God. They, they couldn't believe that this would happen. Uh, in Psalm 137, verse 1, the psalmist writes, Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem. The Jewish people in, in captivity in Babylon, they, they sat and wept as they thought about their capital city and what had happened. That's something we can relate to, isn't it? As, as we look at what is going on and what has been going on in our country and what happened in our capital city yesterday, and we, we can relate to that. We, can, we, we feel the same way. What is happening in our nation morally and spiritually and politically, what happened in our capital yesterday. And, and what I want you to note here, because I think, it, I, I think it's such a word for us, you know, one of the things that we have seen as a, as a church, as a congregation, over the last year, especially, but it's been true throughout our whole time together, but especially over the last year, wherever we are in the scriptures, that's where we are. That's, that's where we are in our culture. That's where we are in our lives. Just, just wherever we are in the scriptures, that's where we are. And I want you to see here that here the, the, the Jewish people, they're in Babylon. Things have happened in their country they never thought they would see happen. They're, they're sitting in Babylon by the rivers, weeping over their capital city, Jerusalem, disillusioned, feeling hopeless, confused, uncertain. And it's at this time, it's at this time that Ezekiel receives a vision. God gives Ezekiel a vision. And what's his vision? It's a vision of a new temple that's greater than the temple that was destroyed. It's a vision of future restoration. It's a vision that says to the people that God has not forgotten them and that God has not abandoned them. Even, even though they're in Babylon and Jerusalem is destroyed and the temple is destroyed, God is communicating with this vision to them. I'm not finished with you. I'm not finished with my, my people. And I want you to note especially the date in verse 1. How often do we just blow past these dates and don't even think about the significance of them? It says it's the beginning of the year. It's the 10th day of the month. It's the 10th day of the first month of the year. The Jewish calendar, it's the 10th day of the month of Nisan. Not the car, <laughs> right? Don't think Datsun. The 10th of Nisan. That's a very significant date to the Jewish people. Just like July 4th is a very significant date to us as Americans. The 10th of Nisan is when the Jewish people began the preparation for Passover. The Passover commemorates God's redemption of the Jewish people out of slavery in Egypt and the creation of their nation. And it's on that very same day, we're told here, even says on the very same day, the 10th of Nisan, God gives Ezekiel this vision of a future temple and future restoration as the Jewish people were once again slaves, this time in Babylon. 
Ezekiel receives this vision of a future restoration of Israel and future greatness. And no doubt this vision was a great encouragement to the Jewish people that were in Babylon and feeling hopeless and feeling disillusioned. And in this vision, God takes Ezekiel to Jerusalem. Now, if you're a note taker, the last time that God has brought uh, Ezekiel the prophet to Jerusalem in a vision once before, that last time God carried Ezekiel to Jerusalem in a vision was way back in chapter 8, chapters 8 to 11. And in that vision, God brought Ezekiel to Jerusalem to show Ezekiel the temple and the, how profaned the temple was by God's people and to show Ezekiel the glory of God departing from the temple. God leaving. That was the last time Ezekiel was in Jerusalem by way of a vision. Now in this vision, Ezekiel is once again brought back to Jerusalem and it's all restored greater than it was before. The temple that he sees here, much greater than Solomon's temple. And the glory of God returns To this temple. God's not finished. God's not finished with his people. Things may look hopeless to the Jewish people. As they sit in Babylon. And it may seem like everything is lost. But God wants them to know. He still has a future for them. As a nation. And and isn't it interesting. That this vision that he gives to Ezekiel. Is not a vision of Ezra and Nehemiah. Returning from captivity. And rebuilding a a temple in Jerusalem after this Babylonian captivity. And And it's not a vision of Herod's temple. And all of its grandeur. He takes him to the kingdom age. He takes him to, he takes Ezekiel to the millennium. He takes him to the messianic age when Christ is, is reigning and he, and he, he points him to that. He shows him that. The ultimate restoration. So verse two, we're only on verse two. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel and he set me on a very high mountain and on it toward the south. Look what he says. It was something like the structure of a city. So God brings Ezekiel to Israel, to Jerusalem, to a very high mountain overlooking Jerusalem. And Ezekiel sees the temple, but he describes the temple as something that looks like the structure of a city because it was so large And it was surrounded with walls and gates. It looked like a city to him. It was so much greater than the previous temple. He says it it was like a city. And then verse 3. He took me there and behold there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of, of bronze. He had a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand. And he stood in the gateway. So there's this man there at the temple, in the gate of the temple, waiting for Ezekiel to arrive, to arrive so he can give Ezekiel a tour of this temple. And again, I want you to see what God does here. The people of, ba- of, of uh, Israel, they're in Babylon. They're disillusioned. They feel hopeless. They feel abandoned. They're, they feel uncertain. What, what's going to happen? And God takes Ezekiel to Jerusalem to the kingdom age, and he's going to give him a tour of the temple. Let me show you the future I've got for you. Let me show you what's in store for you. And there's this man there, and this man has a line and a rod for measuring the temple. And this man is going to walk Ezekiel through the temple and show Ezekiel its exact measurements. Its exact measurements. Verse 1 
If you look back up in verse 1, verse 1 shows us, and and this is important, verse 1 shows us that Ezekiel and the Jewish people in Babylon were marking time based on the time in their captivity. As we often do, they were looking back and measuring time from when they went into captivity and when Jerusalem fell and how many years we've been in captivity, how many years has it been since Jerusalem fell. And as we often do, we look back and measure time from some life event And quite often, it's a negative, it's a bad life event. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. It's been 10 months since the pandemic began. It's been four years since my father passed away. It's been 10 years since this happened, or five years since that took place, or two months since. And we, and we measure time that way, again, usually looking back to some bad experience or bad event or something. And for whatever reason, we, we do that. But in this vision, God points Ezekiel ahead in time, not backwards. He points him ahead in time, not back to the tragedy. He points Ezekiel ahead And not ahead to an Ezra and Nehemiah go back after the captivity. He points them ahead to the kingdom age. And I think this is so important for us. The Bible looks ahead. The Bible looks ahead. The Bible points us to the future. Not backwards, but ahead. And ahead to eternity. To eternity. The Bible points us to eternity and fixes us on eternity. Eternity. Colossians chapter 3 says, Since you, listen, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, listen, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Dang. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. For you die to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed, you will share in all his glory. Paul says to the Colossians, look ahead to heaven. Set your sights on heaven where Christ is, not on the things of this earth. Look ahead to his revealing, his revelation and your glorification with him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, We don't look at the troubles we can see now. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we, listen, fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. That is eternity with Christ. We, we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Eternity. With Christ. Where we fix our gaze. What we focus on. Is so important. And so impactful. And it impacts our, our attitude. 
Where is your gaze fixed? Where is your gaze fixed? What is your gaze fixed on? What have you been focusing on? Is it Jesus? Is it heaven? Where Jesus is? Or is it this earth? Is it this world? And I have to confess to you, I have been very focused on this world. A lot more than I should be. But here, here the Apostle Paul says, fix your gaze. Not on this world. Because that, I mean, that'll, that'll drive you to despair, won't it? Fix your gaze on things that cannot be seen. On, on eternity. God wanted the people of Israel living in Babylon to look ahead to the kingdom age. When everything will be restored greater, greater than before. And so this man will give Ezekiel a grand tour of this temple where Jesus Christ will dwell in their midst. Will God, where God will be their God and they will be his people. And they'll go up and they'll worship him and he'll teach them. And, 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 he, and he said, I, I want you to focus on this. Not your circumstances here in Babylon. Focus on the kingdom age. Now the question is, is who is this man in verse 3? Well, he may be an angel, or it may be the Lord Jesus Christ himself, because it seems in chapter 44, verses 2 and 5, that he is called the Lord, Yahweh. And so it it seems that Jesus is giving him this grand tour of the temple where Jesus will reign during the kingdom age. That's pretty cool. Verse 4, And the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears. And look, fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show them to you. Then declare to the house of Israel everything you see. And this is the key, I believe, for us in the days that we live in. Fix your mind on everything I will show you. Fix your mind on the future that God has in store for you. Not your current circumstances living in Babylon. And then Ezekiel declare everything you see to the house of Israel. Knowing this future restoration during the kingdom age will bring comfort and encouragement to the people of, of Israel. And if you're here tonight or you're watching online and you are anxious and you are discouraged and you are unsettled either because of what's happening in our culture or what's happening in your life personally, I encourage you to study prophecy. I encourage you to study what the Bible says about the future restoration that God has planned for his people. I encourage you to fix your eyes on what God has in store for us. And I suggest it will bring comfort and encouragement to you. When the disciples were troubled, when their hearts were troubled, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'll prepare, after I prepare a place for you, I'll come again, I'll receive you unto myself. Jesus comforted his troubled disciples by telling them about his future plan for them in heaven with him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul explains that we as believers dwelling upon the earth 
will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And he says, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then he says, so comfort one another with these words. Comfort believers that are, that are, that are worried, that are unsettled, that are anxious. By, by telling them that Jesus is coming back for his bride. And one day he's going to come for his bride and he's going to take us to be with him. And we'll be with him forever. That's the comfort that we offer to each other. And here the Lord says to Ezekiel, declare to Israel everything you see about this kingdom age and my temple and dwelling in their midst. And they will be my people and I will be their God. And in the beginning in verse 5, Ezekiel begins to describe this temple and he gives the measurements for each part of the temple. Uh, and this, this, these chapters, they can be kind of hard to follow. Uh, it's, like, it's like reading a written description of a blueprint, right? With all the numbers and all the measurements are in like cubits and rods and all kinds of, you know, unfamiliar measurements. And, but you know what this shows us? This shows us that God has a very detailed plan for our future. It's not some vague, you know, kind of foggy plan he's got. He's not working off a rough outline for the future. He's not making half of it up as he goes along. No, he can say, I can tell you the exact measurement of this doorway. I can tell you exactly how long this building's going to be and that room's going to be and how tall this door and this window. I, I can give you the exact... I got it all mapped out. I got it all measured out. Every detail. And that, that, should, that should put our minds at ease, right? That he's that detailed-oriented about our future. But before we go into this... In verse 5, he, he begins with the wall around the outside of the temple. Um, verse 5, now there was a wall all around the outside of the temple, and the man's hand was a measuring rod, six cubits long, uh, and each being a cubit and a handbreadth. And he measured the width of the wall structure, one rod and the height, one rod. And so this man guiding Ezekiel, he has this measuring rod that is six cubits and a handbreadth long, that's roughly ten and a half feet long, depending on what cubit they use. There were different measurements for a cubit. But roughly, we're talking about ten and a half feet. This wall is ten and a half feet tall. It's ten and a half feet thick. So it's a, you know, it's a tall, thick wall. Uh, and then in verses 6 through 16, we have a description of the eastern gate. And the description is given to us in great detail. And the tour begins at the eastern gate uh, because... The presence of God left Solomon's temple through the eastern gate. Back in chapter 11, verse 23. So now with this millennial temple, this kingdom age temple, uh, we'll see when we get to chapter 43 that the presence of God, the glory of God, will return to this temple through uh, the eastern gate and enter the sanctuary. So it begins here with the eastern gate, verse 6. Then he went to the gateway which faced east, and he went up its stairs and measured the threshold of the gateway, which was one rod wide, and the other threshold, the other direction, was one rod wide. And so the threshold's ten feet wide and ten feet deep. Each gate chamber was one rod long and one rod wide. Between the gate chambers was a space of five cubits and the threshold of the gateway by the vestibule of the inside gateway was one rod. 
He also measured the vestibule of the inside gate, one rod. Then he measured the vestibule of the gateway, eight cubits, and the gate post, two cubits. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you, and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable and knowing that you cannot find alone and It's true.